0: Welcome to Talking History. I'm Cassie Cooper. I'll be your host on the show. This podcast will cover United States history from the post-Civil War era during westward expansion to the modern era. We will talk about the political, social, and economic developments that have helped to shape the United States into what it is today. We will analyze the many achievements and mistakes through a historic lens to better understand the events as they occurred and see how they shaped our world today. you remember from the last episode, in 1915, most popular song in America was about not raising your boy to be a soldier. Well, by 1917, George M. Cohens, over there, has taken over the airwaves. After the Lusitania, after the Zimmerman Note, after the resumption of unrestricted submarine warfare, Americans are firmly aligned against the central powers. But, Before we go over there, we need to build an army. Despite our wave of imperialism, the U.S. Army is nowhere near the top in the world. We're probably not even in the top 10 at this point. We were undermanned. We were ill-equipped for this. We only had 200,000 men in the army. Trainees had no real weapons to work with. So the Selective Service Act is passed. Required young men to register for military service via a draft lottery. 24 million young men registered, three million were called to duty. Now, during this time, it's still Jim Crow and the army remained segregated. We then saw the increase of mass production for weapons of war, right? We're talking about a full mobilization. Total war requires total commitment from the entire nation. Everyone became part of the war effort. Factories were converted to assembly lines to make military goods. We created convoy systems for our destroyers to escort cargo ships across the Atlantic, cut our losses in half from submarines due to this. And on the home front, we had women in the workforce. We had African-Americans during the Great Migration coming from the rural South to urban cities to work in factories. We started rationing goods Make sure there was enough for the boys in the trenches of Europe, the doughboys as they became known, the Yanks. We headed over. And in the end, the AEF, the American Expeditionary Force, was ready for combat. We did things differently, right? We trained our boys specifically in shooting for accuracy, accurate fire. This was under the leadership of General John Blackjack Pershing. He took those doughboys to France, kept them as a separate army from the other Allied forces. We made use of the new technology of tanks, so-called because during their invention by uh, British think tanks, whenever anyone asked what they were working on, they said, oh, those are just some water tanks for the boys. We have airplanes and machine guns, as we mentioned before. We're going to see the use of chemicals, mustard gas and other things. We're going to see the... uh, beginning of post-traumatic stress syndrome being recognized as shell shock, trench foot, trench mouth. And we're gonna see great, great incidences of valor, such as young Alvin York. And this is a great story. Alvin York was a young man from Tennessee, from a small part of Tennessee. And Tennessee was extremely rural during this time. Right? It was predominantly without electricity, without paved roads in most areas. None of that would change until FDR came through with the Tennessee Valley Authority in the 1930s to try to bring them into the modern world. Alvin York signed up for the draft like everyone else from his high school had done, but he asked for a deferral for religious regions. He was very religious and did not believe that he was allowed to murder, to kill anyone. Well, he was denied twice. And someone finally convinced him that if it was for a good cause, his religion would not be against the use of of violence. He was trained in the accuracy of fire, and a year later, he was trying to take a German position with his squad. They captured a small German hospital, and then from the hill above them, machine gun fire, strafing them, killing members of the platoon, But Alvin, Alvin kept calling. He grew up hunting turkeys for his family. He squatted into a firing position. And every time somebody would peek up, he fired. Bam, first one. Another person peeked or bam, another. He killed over 10 German soldiers before they sent down a squad of people with bayonets to try to take out this sharpshooter. Well, he didn't panic. He stood pulled his service revolver, bam, 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 shot each one of them. He then stormed the hill. He took the machine gun post and then started firing on the men on the trenches there, until finally a German commander came to ask who he was. British? He said, no, American. Well, the commander said, we will lay down our arms if you will stop killing us. So after shooting and killing 22 German soldiers, Alvin York and the few men left from his squad captured over 130 other ones. They marched them back to their base, where his commanding officer asked him if he had taken the whole German army. He said, not today. Today, just 130. He received the highest award you could for valor on on the battlefield. Back home, the war economy was afoot. We had to deal with unprecedented war needs. So Congress gave the President of the United States new economic powers. Wilson used these powers to create various agencies, such as the WIB, the War Industries Board, which put price controls, kept everything low, and oversaw the reduction in waste and mass production. The Fuel Administration, which rationed gasoline and coal, instituted daylight savings time. Urgh! Although I think that might finally be going the way of the dodo. The Food Administration, which urged days without wheat, meat, sugar, encouraged victory gardens. You might have a meatless Monday or a wheatless Wednesday or a thigh meat Thursday. And you had the National War Labor Board, which improved factory conditions, banned child labor, settled labor disputes, and predominantly by threatening to send the workers to the war. So not necessarily that good for the unions. We've got some really great primary sources from the war. I will be posting some posters and other documents on the website, so make sure to check those out when you can. War brought prosperity to America. We became extremely wealthy during this time, but it was unevenly divided. Corporations saw huge increases. Their stock values rose thousands of percentages. Farmers, however, making profits, planted more crops, and this Overabundance would come to hurt them in the 1920s. For the average Americans, though, while wages rose and income rose, prices spiked. So families didn't benefit much. And our freedoms were grossly affected with attacks on civil liberty in the name of war safety. Intolerance and suspicion were rampant. American society turned on its own and its constitution during this time with anti-immigrant hysteria, we were worried about Eastern Europe's, Europeans who were here being too dramatic. They were viewed as being treacherous and faced all types of prejudice. Wilson had the Espionage and Sedition Acts passed, which heavily violated the First Amendment rights of American citizens. It made it illegal to criticize the government and our war effort, very similar to laws just passed by Putin and Russia. Both laws targeted socialist and labor activists. And we will see this same type of limiting of rights for Americans during World War II. And it always brings back the question, how strong are our rights if they can be pulled back because of fear? The war did bring great social change, though. As I mentioned earlier, the great migration and women entering to the workforce This gave credibility to the fight against racial discrimination and to the women's suffrage movement. And we will see them gaining the vote, at least white women gaining the vote, right after the end of World War I. All right, come back next week. We're going to talk about the end of the war, the Treaty of Versailles. Instead of planning the peace, we set the seeds. For another conflict. We'll see you next time on Talking History of Big Coop. Remember to subscribe and tell your friends.